It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The great Robert Smith is with us, right? Mike. Hey! There he goes. Mike, you got to read or no? We don't have to do it. We already did the Gridiron Guys. We just got to tell people that Robert Smith's joining us via the Gridiron Guys hotline. There you go. And Robert was was going to be in studio with us, which we really appreciate, but we're in extra COVID precaution right now. That's why we're separated here. So, unfortunately, we couldn't see Robert first, but we appreciate him joining us. How, How are you? I'm doing great, man. And if I didn't get COVID in Chicago at Lollapalooza over the weekend, then, uh, you know, I, I must be, I must be fine. So yeah, I'm, right. I'm triple, yeah, I'm triple, I'm triple vaxxed. So yeah, me too. Hey Robert, hey, Robert, I told him, Hey, listen, man, the OG is in town. I could have been at the house. I could have <laughs> sucked me in. I'd have been right at the house wearing my hats, comfortable, eating, mm. and eating during the break, turning away. Next time, you know, just get me up out of here. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because I just had a run for some uh, some health food at the Combo KFC and uh, Taco Bell. Nice. I hear yourself right. So I know where that's. I got it sitting over here on the side. I'll, nice. I'll make sure that I don't take any chops. We're happy if you if you want to eat during the interview. That's okay with us, Robert. Obviously, the Sean Watson situation is a mess. The league doesn't look good. He doesn't look good. The Browns don't look good. Fans are fighting with each other. It's uh, it, it's a burden for everybody. It's, you know, what do you make of this whole situation and where we are right now? Well, what what's most surprising to me in everything that's gone on here is that the Browns didn't have or didn't retain uh, Baker Mayfield. You know, I mean, that's, that's the most surprising part to me. Yeah. Maybe the relationship was just so fractured. I'm not in the building. I don't know that. But maybe the relationship was just so fractured. But you have him under contract. For this year and you know or you at least had to assume that it was going to be at least six games uh, for Deshaun Watson now I think what's really interesting here when we look at the situation now with the NFL appealing if they do appeal the union is likely to get some sort of injunctive relief meaning that uh, Deshaun Watson is going to be able to play right away is this just an attempt by the NFL to force the hand of Deshaun Watson uh, and, and, and Rusty Harden in this, his attorney, because they would, the Browns are in a situation where, okay, do you start off the season uh, with Jacoby Brissett and, and, and Dobbs and, and, and Rosen as, as your quarterbacks in that first six games, uh, or, or, or for maybe if it's eight games, if they get some sort of settlement, uh, and they only have one division game in that first six games, so do you want Deshaun Watson there and a delayed suspension where you're likely you're going to have some sort of suspension, but do you roll the dice if you try and have him at the start of the season and then have him out when the schedule gets tougher and you're trying to make a playoff run? I think that's going to be really interesting to see here in the next couple of weeks, just kind of how that plays out because ideally – you know, if, if it was just the six games and Deshaun Watson wasn't around, first six games, no division opponents, you know, a, a easier part of the schedule, uh, would you rather have him out then? Of course you would, but the, the league's kind of forcing the hand here. 
you know, Robert, I'm looking at it like this, man. Like, would the, <laughs> the Browns are like, okay, Sean Watson, he's had a bunch of bad press. The only thing we know uh, is we've heard about the cases. We've heard that about that for two years. And the fact that he's been sitting out for a year. It'll, it'll be approaching two years since we saw him play. Do you think there's any level of, you know what, throw him out there. Let the fans see how good he is. Let the throw because because once he plays, it can either be one or two things. People go crazy over here that say, "I can't believe this dude is playing. This is crazy." Or on this side, oh my goodness, he's very good. I would like to see him play the regular season. What 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 do you think people would fall on if they do get an injunction and he is playing games? How does that look for the league? Well, here's here's the thing. I think they don't. The team doesn't really care. You know, I, I shouldn't say they don't care, but they're not <laughs> as concerned about what the fans would think about seeing him out there. They need to get him reps. Obviously, they need him playing in the preseason. Uh, you know, you, you'd like to have him in live action in the regular season as well as soon as you can. Uh, but I don't think that they're concerned about any of that. You know, there are just so many issues here, and it's not just getting him live game action. It's getting those other players, the reps in training camp. And, you know, training camp is just so different now than it was when I played. Now, now fortunately, I, I was with Denny Green all eight years, and Denny was one of those guys, never went two padded practices in a day. Now, I, I believe they only get 11 padded practices through all of camp. And, of course, quarterbacks aren't taking hits anyways. And that's why I laugh when I'm on social media and I see – all these, all these shots of uh, you know quarterbacks throwing the ball downfield yeah. mm. and hitting these. Oh wow, he threw a, a, a pass to a, a receiver. Look, if a quarterback couldn't do that in training camp when they know they're not going to get a hit, then they wouldn't even be on the roster. So every every NFL quarterback can make those kind of throws when the bullets aren't real. But when a quarterback knows they're going to get a hit, uh, you know that those those things can look much different. So you want to be able to get him those reps. But you also want to get those backups, those reps. And I, I, people just don't understand just how different it is with different quarterbacks for the entire offense. I mean, especially those offensive linemen. The offensive linemen, the one advantage they have is a snap count. And people think that it's always the same cadence with different quarterbacks, but it's just not. If they're just half a step late or half a step early with the way that their cadence sounds to that offensive line, those guys are kind of rocked back on their heels. So it affects not just the pass game, but the run game. So this really affects everything. So I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, kind of what the uh, the share of reps looks like over the next couple of weeks. And then, uh, you know, once the preseason games start, kind of how the division of reps goes there. Robert, you're a Clevelander. You know what this fan base has been through. Um, it hasn't been all flowers and chocolates, as you know. When we went 0-16 a few years back, did you think that it could get even more complicated and worse and harder to be a Browns fan? And how do you think the fan base is reacting? Are we handling it okay? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I, know that, I know it's been some tough times. And in all, in all fairness and honesty, I did not grow up a Browns fan. And I don't even know if I should – well, I'll just tell you, I grew up a Steelers fan. Oh, <laughs> not a big surprise. Now, no. Now hold on a second. Hold yeah. on a second. Let me explain this. Okay. So my older brother, my older brother Scott, rest in peace. Uh, he was a Cowboys fan. Okay, and my dad was doing a lot of other things, but now watching football. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I didn't really have that that Browns base 
But what I did have was my brother liked the Cowboys, so I'm like, I want to take the other side. So, you know, the Super Bowls back then was always the Cowboys and, and the Steelers. So uh, I took the Steelers side of the ledger. So I didn't grow up a Browns fan. Convenient excuse. Convenient excuse hey, from a Clevelander to follow Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, well, let me tell you this. I went, I went to St. Felicitas, uh, the Catholic school. It's, it's, it's no longer there. Uh, but I remember singing the 12 days of Christmas to a, uh, to like the Browns players. Mm-hmm. Of course, it was Brian Sype, Don Cockroft kicking, you know, mm-hmm. like all that kind of stuff. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, but I know what kind of fan base this is. And obviously you go from an 0-16 season a few years ago uh, to a situation like this. And you keep saying, well, how can it get any worse? Or when is it going to get better? Uh, you know, that's, that's why I say I'm just so in, intrigued to see Kind of with the with the NFL forcing the hand here uh, with this appeal, uh, you know, I think you look at the Ezekiel Elliott situation a few years ago with the Cowboys, and he played for the first eight games, I believe it was, and then served that six-game suspension that he did uh, at that latter part of the year. So, you know, do you want to put yourself in that kind of situation? That's it's going to be really interesting how they do that, deal with that. But I think. You know, the Browns fans have been beat up so so long. And you, you look at the situation with the Ravens leaving or the Browns leaving and becoming the Ravens and winning a Super Bowl and then an 0-16 season and, you know, whether it was the fumble or the drive, all those kind of, you know, going Don't forget back. Johnny Manziel. Don't forget Johnny Manziel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, seen that, I've seen that on social media where they have – you know, like 20 quarterback names, and that one's scratched out, that one's scratched out, that yeah, one's scratched out. Yeah, it's a out. fun thing to live and, through. But, you know, hey, we're Clevelanders, and, you know, I think it's that, that blue-collar blue mentality. It's not something that we just talk about. It's something that we live, I think, up here. So, hey, it's, it's professional football. It's the Browns. The real fans are going to be the real fans no matter what happens. And so I think they're, they're dealing with it as best you can. It's uncertainty. And you, you control what you can control. And what you can control is you go out there and you root for them no matter what happens. Robert, I was going to ask you about uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and trying to split backs as a, as a running back. But I'm actually, as you were talking, I was actually thinking about something completely different that I want to get your opinion on. We were talking a couple weeks ago on the show about uh, just guys going to get into the professional league sooner. Obviously, you see it in the NBA, guys leaving after one year and they're fighting that and to go back to high school when is somebody going to challenge the nfl rule because maurice claret obviously did a few years ago and lost i don't see i don't think the nfl can win anymore and i'm wondering what do you think the odds are of could a guy who's after his freshman year of college or after his sophomore year of college is he physically big enough to compete in the nfl and do you think anyone's going to challenge that rule anytime soon well that's a that's a really interesting question and you know it was something that i had, had even considered uh, when I sat out my second year uh, at Ohio State and, you know, was thinking about it at, at, at that point. That's part of why I asked is, you. I remember that. Yeah, and, you know, I think, you know, is the guy physically ready? I'm not sure. I mean, it's, it's a lot different than the NBA in that regard. I think you know, people talk about, uh, you know, football being a, a contact sport. It's not a contact sport. It's a collision sport. Basketball is a contact sport. And people can make that transition uh, from high school in, into the, in, you know, into the NBA. Uh, you know, so first of all, you're going to have to have somebody that's just an absolute physical freak. But then you're also going to have to have somebody that's willing 
to sit out because it's likely going to take some time. This isn't the kind of case where because the union, it's a rule that the union uh, has implemented. And, so, and one, quite frankly, that I've never really agreed with. Um, but I, I think that, you know, the intentions are good uh, with the rule. Uh, but because the union has that rule and somebody would have to challenge it in court, they're likely to have to wait out. They're not going to just allow a player to get drafted uh, and play while this is being decided. I just don't think that's the case. So, you, number one, you're going to need an absolute physical freak. And I think uh, somebody that would be willing to sit out. And quite frankly, now with name, image, and likeness and players being able to earn money, uh, in college, I think it's much less likely to happen because guys say, "Hey, you know, if I'm good enough to, if, if a guy's good enough to turn pro as soon as they graduate high school, they could earn some loot uh, while they're uh, while they're in college." And I, I just don't think that there's that much uh, of a desire on a, on an individual player's uh, part to want to have to go through all of that mess and all of the time that it would take uh, to get something like that done. You know, Robert, you, you look at uh, the running back position, and it's kind of it kind of piggybacks what, what Jason was talking about. You look at a running back, and, and he spends the most bulk of his career um, in high school. If you're a good running back, they run you to death. You gonna get the ball every, you know that. You gonna get the ball every play. They run wing T ops or whatever case be. You get to the pros, they get to college. If you're a stud there, they're gonna run you, and they're gonna run you all. You take three years and, and maybe four years, and you run in college. So now you've been running the football thousands of carries eight years before you can even get paid and when you usually during the rookie scales. They don't draft running backs um, in the first round. Say you're a second round running back and and now all of a sudden you don't get that fifth year guarantee. So if you're a late bloomer, you're already at 28 by the time you even get an opportunity to get to your second contract. With that being said, do you believe it should be a, a, a different contract structure for running backs and, and say, hey, hey, give me a, a you, it doesn't count, of course, a salary cap or you can do something where you can offer a running back more because some of the best players and some of the most talented players that have made this league have been running backs. And just think if we don't get a chance to see some of those people moving forward because the game has changed and, and the wages have kind of shift people out. You know, that's a, that's interesting, but I think it's, it's probably more the other way now because you know, when you talk about the game, even, you know, at the at the lower levels, and it really started at the lower levels, I think, you know, when you when you talk about the NFL and the NFL moving more to, you know, rules uh, and, and systems of offense that are more uh, conducive or he pass heavy, you know, those were things that were coming out of, you know, the, the seven on sevens, the spread offenses in high school uh, and in college. So the running backs, I think, have been undervalued in the sense that, the game has been more towards passing. And you look at what's happened with wide receiver contracts this year in particular, uh, I think it's an indication of, of just how the philosophy in, in the NFL and in football in general has changed. So it's become more pass heavy. I'm always going to be rooting for my running backs. And, uh, you know, I love the days of eye football, and, you know, heavy sets where you're, you're, you're getting up there and you're banging, you're running ISO and, uh, you know, pulling some linemen, running some uh, some heavy sets and, and, and really challenging and going downhill. But that's just not what football is now. So I, I, I think the running backs just aren't as valued as, uh, now and, and quite frankly just aren't taking the same kinds of hits. 
so that's that's beneficial for the running backs. I think that um, you know because the, the the offenses have been more pass heavy and there there've been more rotation at the running back position instead of having just a primary back that's carrying the ball, you know, Derrick Henry style. Uh, you just don't have too many teams that do that. So that means fewer hits at the high school level, at the college level, and at the pro level. So they have more of a chance to stick around the game, actually. Robert, uh, I know you uh, are doing our top five today, The top, which we're going to get to in a minute, which is the top five <laughs> players you played with. It's, this is just in the NFL, his top five, right, Robert? It's, a, it's the top five toughest. That's just the top five players. Top five toughest players you play with the NFL. So I'm looking forward to that. But before we get to that, a guy I'm sure you know, uh, I I don't know how well you know him personally, but you certainly know uh, who he is. Chuck Kyle, the legendary St. Ignatius high school football coach, is this is his last year. He's going to be coaching his last season. I think he's been coaching there 113 years. Mm -hmm. So he was in studio with us. I think it was last week, if I remember last correctly. Week. Yep. And he did he it for he got to do a top five with us, and he picked the five best players that he ever coached against, and he's coached against who knows how many hundreds of players over the years. And one of the guys he picked in his top five is somebody you might know well. Let's hear what he had to say. When he was a sophomore. You know, we're I remember him from track. As a freshman, and I'm going, well, this kid has speed, but is he a football player? You know, we go, and yeah. he's like the second game of the year. Is he a football player? We found him pretty early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? And we're like, uh-oh. So, honestly, by the time, you, you know, now we're going to play him the next year, and I'll, we had a Robert Smith defense. Did you really? Wow. That's what we called it. Mm, Robert spies, Smith what, what, defense. How did you try to contain this guy? All speed. Well, for sure, you had on the wide side, you had a corner that was going to keep leverage mm -hmm. because if he would hit and bounce outside, that would right? So, and, and the linebacking, we, we, we did a couple things with the linebacking just to get it, try to get an extra guy to the ball sure. off tackle and things like yeah. that. And, 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 and it wasn't easy. We had to live sure. with man coverage because you had to have the safeties reading the, you know, okay, safety, I know you're 10 yards back, but could you read the blocking scheme and fill the gaps? Yeah. But what really, we call it we called it the Robert Smith defense. Wow. So when you say memorable happen. high school guy you played against, yeah. when you had to call a defense yeah. named after the guy, <laughs> that's you, it. He's got to be on the list. I think I did it. I think I did it. So, I mean, Robert, think about this guy is the, maybe the greatest high school football coach in the history of the state, and he thought so much of you and your talent that he named one of his defense the Robert Smith defense. <laughs> that, that's unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, that's that's pretty cool, and uh, you know I remember playing in my sophomore year, uh, and and we won that game, and I think that one was at Baldwin Wallace as well, uh, and then over the next two years we lost four games my junior year and senior year, and all four of them were to Ignatius, so there was one regular wow. season loss and and one uh, playoff loss, and actually uh, because of what they were doing uh, defensively, and we knew this going into the game my senior year, I played quarterback going into that uh, last game in the playoffs and wow. you know, we had installed an, an offense. Uh, and uh, if I could, if I could, uh, could throw the ball uh, halfway decently, we probably would have won that game. But we had some great matchups against them. Oh, I just man. always had so much respect for coach Kyle and, you know, the way that uh, the St. Ignatius teams played, uh, 
you know, the kind of guys, and we'll talk about, uh, you know, the, the five toughest guys that, uh, that I played with, but the kind of guys that, you know, would just take your head off and then help you up, you know, that's right. just the kind of guys they are. It's got to feel nice knowing that you haunt the memories and nightmares of that living legend. Uh, so congratulations on that. You do know a thing or two about the running back position before we get to your top five. I did. We got to ask you, we have an embarrassment of riches on the Browns as far as the running game goes. I don't know if they're going to keep five running backs on the roster. It seems unlikely. Who do you think is going to be the odd man out there? And what do you think of the running back position for the Browns? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Uh, well, I mean, it's just, it's it's really an incredible group. I mean, with DeErnest, even as, he's your third guy, right? So, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, uh, having Nick and having Kareem, those guys are just, those guys are just awesome. And, you know, the, the thing I love about Nick, too, is just, just kind of his mindset. He's kind of got that Barry Sanders mindset. Just, I'm going to show up and play. And, uh, you know, coming up and tackling him, it's a business decision for a lot of guys. You know, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to try and go at him. Uh, but I'm, I'm definitely going to try and go low <laughs> for the most part because he's got a guy, you know, even with his explosiveness, you know, he will run right over you. Uh, and, you know, both of them dangerous, uh, you know, out of the backfield as well. And I think that's going to that's going to be a big key. I mean, this is what the team, you know, really is built to do. Uh, and, and I think why the Browns, you know, may have been comfortable uh, in letting Baker Mayfield go because, you know, they said, hey, we're, we're built to run the ball. We have great defense and. We're going to be able to uh, handle things even with the Sean out. So, uh, just a just a really uh, great group of uh, group of players and one that really fits the mentality of the city. And quite frankly, because so many defenses have gotten smaller to adapt to some of the passing schemes that they face, especially at the linebacker position. You know, you come out in twenty-one personnel. You come out in in, in two tight sets, and you know you can really uh, really do some damage because. You know, personnel-wise, defenses—they just—they don't have the same kind of guys. You don't see too many six-foot-five, two hundred and fifty-pound linebackers anymore. Guys who've got to be able to cover a lot of ground. It's a great point. Yeah, maybe they can readjust. You know, teams adjust to how the defenses have. All right, Mikey, let's get to the top five from Robert. Looking forward <laughs> to this one. I'm it is. Yeah. As always, the top five is brought to you by Roundstone Insurance. Roundstone offers a better alternative for affordable, quality health care for more than a decade. Roundstone Insurance has been saving small and mid-sized businesses money, an average of 20%. Yeah, that's right, mm. 20%. Contact mm. us today to learn how you can get great health care benefits that your employees will love and save money, too. Roundstone, Roundstone, I get around, Roundstone, na, 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 na. I get around. Is that round a Beach stone. Boys? Yeah, is it that a beach try. It was an attempt at the Beach Boys. Six six points. Well, you six know what? I, I, it, it, that, that made me think. I was just at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Are the, are the Beach Boys yeah. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? The Beach Boys are yeah, in the Rock I don't know and Roll how, Hall of Fame. Wow. I don't know. I don't know how I missed that. Uh, that uh, you know, out of all the, well, I mean, there are just so many exhibits and so many. Yeah. Time, right? <laughs> yeah. I missed the. I missed the. I missed the Beach Boys exhibit mm. the other day. The Beach Boys. Legends. I like the Beach Boys. Yep. Pet Sounds. One of the all best right. albums of all time. <laughs> So top five <laughs> toughest, toughest players, players that Roberts played with. 
Here we go. Ryan, All right. Call him out. Well, coming in at number five, and I'm not saying this because he does the show, but because he's my guy, and I think that Cleveland Browns fans are familiar with him. Oh yeah. Elroy. Elroy, the, the talking machine, but the running machine as well. And I'm sure that you guys have heard this many times from, from Leroy, one of, one of my favorite lines ever from the man. And he has a lot of lines. Uh, he said, if you, need, if you need one yard, I'll get you three. And if you need five yards, I'll get you three. That was the mentality that, uh, that Leroy had. And he was going to try and bust some people up and hurt somebody and make them pay when, when they were going to come up and tackle. Just a pleasure to play with him a great person and like so many of the guys, maybe uh, all of these guys on the list, like these guys aren't psychopaths. Like they're just mm -hmm. people that know how to turn that switch on and, and they yeah. got a, just a, a different level of mean and tough <laughs> on game day. Yeah. He was a badass as a player. No nice. doubt about it. He'll like seeing <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. He'll probably be offended. He's not number one. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> he probably will be. He probably will be. Uh, uh, and, all right. Number and, four. And he'll talk. He'll talk for a half hour about it. Don't oh, worry definitely. about that. Definitely. <laughs> Lots of dramatic pauses, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, Robert, number four. <laughs> number four, and people are maybe surprised that he's going to be all the way down at number four, but Johnny Muscle Randall. Wow. And Johnny was the first one that had that had that eye black all over his face. And, yeah. you know, what Johnny would do, man, he during the course of the week, like he would, he would study a player's – like he would study the media guide for the opposite team and he'd come up and he'd talk, uh, you know, uh, specific junk to the guys on the uh -huh. offensive line. Like, Hey, how's Judy? How's Judy doing? You know, his wife, the wife guy's name. Guy's name Judy. Like, hey, how's Judy doing? How bad? How the kids? And he'd just talk all that is kinds next of level. stuff. I love that. I, I got to tell you, man, like at practice, the same way that he was in games. He was like that every single day in practice. And, like, you just never you never had any doubts about where Johnny was on the practice field, man. Because you always hear this. Like, just, like, one of those guys, man, he just got into the heads of offensive linemen oh, like uh, no other defensive player. And, boy, and he just, you know, just Johnny Muscle. And motor, like this, always going. Wow, uh, I can't, man, if he's number four, I can't imagine I the who, top three. So, who, so let's <laughs> let's get the number three here. Yeah, number three was left tackle Todd Stusen. I think Todd came in yeah. in '94 with me up there in Minnesota and was was there for uh, the, the next uh, six years of my career. Cal Bear, but just you know, just me, and I, that's why I love. NFL lineman versus college lineman and high school lineman. The biggest difference is they're just me. And they hate, they hate defensive linemen. They're sick of it. They're sick of all the stuff. Like in practice, you see all these fights break out in practice. Like those guys are just banging all year long. It goes all the way back to training camp. But I just remember Big Todd, you know, he's 6'4", 6'5", you know, 330-ish, uh, you know, something like that. And, uh, you know, I remember he had, a, he had a knee injury, some ankle injuries, and just, I mean, he would just, he was one of those kind of guys, like, just tape it up and I'll go. Uh, but he and, uh, he and uh, number two on the list, uh, you know, were playing right next to each other. And, you know, I'll, 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 save, the, I'll save the joke about that one or, or the story about that one until we bring him up. He looks like a guy who's now living on a farm wearing a, a cat hat and, like, a you know, he's got a shotgun. He has I don't crazy know. Like, eyes. He definitely yeah, he has does crazy, have crazy eyes. eyes. Is he doing that, or yeah. am I totally wrong about that? 
You are totally wrong. It, it, it is an absolute polar opposite. Like he's doing funny. computer analytics and, you know, he's a cow guy. Oh, yeah, and, uh, true. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, he's he's been doing that for a couple of years, went back and got his master's degree. And, like, they're using all, all types of different algorithms and computer uh, wow. analytics uh, to optimize different types of... Uh, Good for him. Uh, See, so he never judge people based on how they look. You can still I, have well, crazy eyes and be a computer analyst. I don't know about that. It, 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 he looked like he got bad offensive lineman gloves. His gloves look like they smell real bad. Like, <laughs> offensive lineman gloves. I'm a D lineman. Stop touching me, man. Your gloves, your new ones. They do that on purpose. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's exactly why you do it, though. Yeah. That's, just, that's part of the head game. Like, hey, hey you're, you're coming. You're going to get that punch in the face. And oh. These gloves are going to stink. Better they smell me all day. They, they're always wet. Like, why are you always wet? They, like, they're trying to mess with you. They're getting in your head. Yeah. It, it's right. dry out here. You sweating for no reason, man. Well, let's get to number two here, Robert. What do we got for who we got at number two? Number two, Randall McDaniel. And I, I gotta tell you, yeah. one, of, one, of, one of the first, yeah. so my first, like the first mini camp that I went to, just amazed. Like I'm sitting next to Roger Craig, right? Like I'm like, oh my God. Like not only am I in the same uh, locker room, in the same meeting room, this is the guy that I'm gonna be competing against this year. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting next to Roger Craig, but I remember going out to practice uh, later that day. And uh, at the end of stretch, We'd have to stretch over on the defensive side of the field, and we'd run all the way over to the offensive side of the field. And I remember Randall McDaniel beat Roger Craig in that race over to the other field. So not only a tough guy, wow. but just Ooh, great crazy, 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 crazy athleticism. And Randall had this violent move where he would get guys and he would, like, throw them down. Like he was, a, he was a really good wrestler. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of good offensive linemen, defensive linemen are. So he was really good at understanding leverage and just freakish, freakish strength. And he was so good at it that he would get called for holding a lot because of that. But the funny thing is, these two, like they would come back to the huddle, and you know they're lined up next to each other, and and Stussy and and Randall would come back to the huddle, and they'd be laughing in the huddle about something that they did to somebody on the defensive line and like, hey. come back and they'd literally be laughing. And I'm like, hey, man, you know they're not – he's not trying to get back at you. Like, he takes out all that stuff on me. Like, when I get held up in a pile, the guy you just – the guy you just knocked around and joke and you're joking about now and laughing about, you know, how you guys teamed up and destroyed him, that's the guy that's coming junk or to something. me. Yeah. Keep that in mind, all right? Yeah, man, yeah. You know, and I'm not – I'm not – 20 pounds. We got to get to number one. Let's see who number one is. Man, we've had a great list so far. Who's number one? Number one, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the mm. dog. Chris Walsh, who was primarily a special teamer. Look up some video on him. Wow. There's a play from Arizona. This is before, like, the block back, like, when it was legal. There's, a, there's, this, uh, there's this play that they have on there with him just destroying this linebacker that's, that's trying to make a play. But he was a special teams guy, one of those kind of guys that would literally knock himself out just to make sure that he was going to try and knock you out. And he just did not care. And that's one, you know, the thing is, uh, you know, if you're not scared, uh, it doesn't, it, it, or if you, if, you, if you don't have fear, then you can't be brave. And if you're a big guy, yes, you're tough, 
But if you're a small guy and you're doing this kind of stuff, a guy that's undersized, uh, you know, you're just a different kind of tough. And I've dislocated elbows and, you know, all kinds of stuff that he just got up and would get right back in the game. Unbelievable. Wow. Great list, Robert. Man, that, that is an awesome list. Those are Robert Smith's five toughest teammates. He'd know. I can't – I got to be honest, the last guy, I, I, I don't even remember him. That's the best picture right? we had right there. Is the, I mean, there's no – but, you know, you know better than I. But that's, a, that's an awesome list and great stories. And we appreciate you taking the time to be with us as always. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, See Robert. you soon. Thank you, Robert. Robert. Appreciate Smith. it. Great to thanks, Robert. We couldn't have him in studio. That would have been awesome. Next time. It was time. So great having him. Obviously, on the show today, and it was an awesome list. And, guys, it's now time for Good Bet, Bad Bet. All right. How do we do yesterday, Mike? Yesterday, boy, you went 2-1. and one. Uh -oh. G. Bush, 0-3 for the second straight day. Ooh. I feel like there's something wrong here. There's something to miss. Let's see these let's see these, these totals. I mean, no, I, I double-checked. These are correct. These are correct. Wow, look at the domination that <laughs> I have. Now, Mike is still the best percentage-wise. Mm -hmm. Limited sample, though. But in the big sample group. Yeah. I am dominating at the moment. You really are. And we finally have some football bets tonight, yes. which is what this whole segment was designed for. That's true. It has been waiting for football and basketball. And when I go 3-0 and today, I'll be the first one to 100. Well, that'll be so, great. Okay. Let's get to it. You the first game is baseball, though. Yes. Astros, well, they're favored by – I said that wrong to Anthony. They are favored by a run and a half. Yes, of against course. Against the Guardians. Yes. Uh-huh. We all agree, good bet. We don't have to argue with that. No, yeah. Okay, okay. Really let's go to the next one. Anthony, that was not you. That was me. Mm. Next one. Way to own accept uh, the culpability for and that. Also, By the way, you do say we have football, but it's not really football. It's preseason football. It's real football. Tonight, and the teams though. are crash. Yeah, but like it's Great all uniforms. backups. You don't know who's, you know, yeah, no it's, really, it's hard to predict. It's a total crap. Also, game. before we do this, Polk, I added your record wrong yesterday. It has been re-amended. Oh, thank God. I gave you your win back. So I <laughs> good. You, you, see, you see all these errors, man. I'm going to call it. I got to call the arbiter in here, bro. Let's get Sue Robinson in here to rule on this. We, right. Yeah, and then it could be overruled by Mike again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, second bet. Let's pull it back up. Jaguars, underdogs. They are getting two and a half points tonight against the Raiders. Huh. Jay, Jay was a, Well, I mean, how do you predict preseason football? However, I'm assuming that the Raiders, since the Raiders are a better team than the Jaguars, that their backups will be better than the Jaguars' backups, and so that's why they're going right. to win the game. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's, that's all you can do. Now, I guess, yeah. What you saying? Kyle Sloter. The preseason god is on the Jaguars. Is it oh, Slaughter? Wow. Is that actually Kyle how you pronounce Slaughter, it? The backup quarterback, preseason god. <laughs> He's putting up big numbers, which is why the next bet was over 30 and a half total points. Oh, of course it in was. the Jaguars Raiders game tonight. Gee, you had bad bet on this. I think uh, it's going to get sloppy. Low-scoring preseason game. Man, it's going to be six to three. There's going to be some de the defense. Their defense score. Some, I, that's what's going to happen. It's going to be some I'm bad Mike, turnovers. I see a defensive score on this one. It's going to be some bad turnovers. It's going to be a disaster. <laughs> Hopefully field. a high-scoring disaster. Yes. Bulls going to go 3-0. Let's, Let's, Let's go. Let's go. That's yep. good bet, bad bet. That's good that was bet. good bet, bad bet. We're going to run through a couple of last things real quick. Tony yep. Busby is holding a press conference. Before that, I did see this breaking news. Deontay Johnson, Steelers wide receiver. He just got paid. Just signed a two-year extension. So he was going to be a free agent at the end of 22 and the Steelers don't often lock up their wide receivers. Hmm, yeah. Uh, they don't spend a lot of money. They let guys go, and they usually do nothing elsewhere. But uh, two-year extension for Deontay Johnson, so they got him for at least three more years. You mentioned the Busby press conference. Busby speaking today at 2 o'clock. Yeah. We don't exactly know what he's going to address. A lot of the terms of the settlements are confidential. Yeah. But it is newsworthy because it'll be the first time Busby has spoken publicly since he's gone out. It is. Let's let Jason start, though. He's yeah. Okay. What do you think, Jason? Why do you think he's doing this? Because I don't give a rat's ass what he has to say. 
I care. I was why a little curious. I, yeah. I, I don't have a very good answer on this one because I saw it come across and thought, well, what's he got to say? There's only one case left, right? All the others settled. Uh, unless he's going to come out and today and applaud the NFL for appealing because you know he wants more than six games for Deshaun. Uh, I, I wish I had a better answer for you, but I'm kind of curious too. He's He's got to have a reason for calling this, but I just don't know what it is. I think you're right, Jason. I think he's going to come out. He, he he seems to be not afraid of the cameras very much. He likes Definitely his not. own voice. He likes being no, on TV. Likes, and now yeah. he has this opportunity to come out and say, as I do for all my clients, here's my website. It's available at the bottom of the screen. I am getting justice. The NFL is doing the right thing. I think that's what he's going to be doing. I, I don't think it's going to be anything new, but we'll see. G, what are you, any thoughts on this? Concerns, be, questions? I, I, well, I don't know what he was really going to say, but I'm interested in what he says about the Houston Texans. I would like to know that. Yeah, I don't think he's going to comment on that. Uh, I, I mean, he looked, I've said it before. He looked. Do we have a picture of Busby that we can put up or no? no? We, we didn't say that in the yeah. archive library. Maybe we should uh, add fair, it to it. Fair him. enough. He, yeah. I've said before, he looks like a, a, the lawyer for the Russian mob. Mm-hmm. And uh, so maybe this is unrelated to Michelle Watson. Maybe there's some Russian uh, mob. Maybe it's the Britney Griner. She just got sentenced to nine and a half years. Well, she's not in the mob, though. But, but did she Russia. get sentenced to nine and a half years? Oh, so she got, yeah. hold on. According to China, she is in the mob. So hold on, hold on. She got, she got, she got nine and a half years? She got nine and a half For years that came pot. out today. But if you read stuff, apparently this is. Russia's being real bad about it. It's a negotiation. Yeah, it's a negotiation. Boy, it's, yeah. It was expected. This was not Jesus. a surprise. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna tra- we're gonna trade her for we're gonna trade her to Russia for some dr- like some gun runner. Or something Can we like trade that. Trump we'll get her back. Brittany Griner. No, I don't know if they go for that, but well, they're know. buddies. Him and the. Well, we'll I, see. Have, don't you know Trump is unprosecutable? All right, well, we can trade him. Golf joke. I don't have the book. Uh, <laughs> I thought you left it. You I forgot it. it. I forgot it at home. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, we also got to talk LeBron real quick, especially yeah. with Jason here. Yeah. Jason. Today's the first day LeBron can re-sign with the Lakers. And if he doesn't, what does that mean? It means – it's just the silly season's upon us. You know, I've said all along, I expect them to sign at some point. It doesn't have to be today, but I do expect them to sign an extension with the Lakers. But if we get to the start of the season and he hasn't signed yet, it's, it's LeBron's silly season. And we've all lived it. There's going to be stories all year long about where's he going next? Is he going to stay? And it's a leverage play for him. You know, he's keeping pressure on the Lakers to do what he wants them to do. And it's the hammer that he holds. If you don't do this, I'm leaving. He's done it before uh, multiple times. Yeah. And, and, and we'll see. Like, I've, I've, I've maintained all along, and I'll continue to say it. It's buckle up. If he doesn't sign it by the start of the season, buckle up. Because things are going to get weird. They Book always it. do. Even at 38. Jason Lloyd of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show and the Athletic has just broken news that LeBron James is likely to sign with the Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> following this year. Thank you, Jason. People are going to take that. Seriously. Thank you, Jason. Let's start yeah. getting some jerseys oh, printed. Oh, Lord, please no. Let me ask, let me please, ask, let me no. ask Mike this because Mike is, the bi- I, I think, the biggest Cav fan on this show. Yeah, Jason knows more about him, but he doesn't like yeah, him as much he, as I do. Jason's a reporter for the Cavs. I know. You're, you're a big Cavs sure, fan. Sure, sure. As a Cavs fan, down deep, if you're honest with yourself, yeah. are you expecting LeBron to come back? Are you hoping, or is he not even on the radar? Because I am so familiar with this guy now, and, yeah. and his motivations, and how his mind seems to work, and everything. He is nothing else. If you really think about it, he's pretty predictable. He follows, he follows like a pattern 
And I think that Jason nailed it right now. I think that he he recognizes that he's got leverage right now. He recognizes he's got the eye of the media. He still likes that. He's using this as a way to have, he's he, he's manipulating this uh, the the Lakers in a way to say do what I want. And so I'm used to this game. And I don't think that he I don't think he has like some ultimate plan necessarily. I think he'll adjust. I do it wouldn't surprise me in any way if he ended up back on this Cavaliers team. I feel like that seems like something that would be a part of his legacy. If he were writing out he sees his life in a way as a Disney movie and he thinks about legacy and I do think that it's a fun conclusion to the LeBron James tale, or at least another fun chapter is him coming back one more time and I yeah. think he thinks about things like that. So it wouldn't shock me if he came back, but yeah. I also wouldn't be surprised if he uh, went if he went to the 76ers for some reason and played with a bunch of his friends there. I have no idea. Guys, I said No, he's not gonna do that. It would be yeah. it would be Cleveland or LA. Yeah. I don't think he's I don't think he's going anywhere else. And Bull, I'll let you jump in, but no, one go. thing real quick. I just wanted I mean obviously his entire life is in LA. His kids are happy in LA. Savannah's happy in LA. They seem to love that LA life. That's why I, I would be surprised if he left. I will just throw out two thousand twelve, the second year in Miami when he came back to Cleveland, he was asked if he would ever come back. And he said, I would love to play there again if the fans would have me. And then two years later, he was back. And then All-Star Weekend this year, I asked him, would he ever consider coming back? And he said, I wouldn't close the door on that. Just throwing that out there. He right. planted the seeds before, yeah. when he, and then he did come back. He could have said he no. Planted, now he's, he, he started walking it back as soon as he got back to L.A. His, the conversation I had with him, he started walking it back almost instantly when he got back to L.A., because I think he realized how angry everyone in L.A. was at him. Uh, you know, uh, Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka and everyone was really kind of aggravated with the comments that he made while he was here. Uh, so I, I still tend to believe he will finish his career in L.A., but buckle up because things are going to get weird if he doesn't don't, sign it. Guys, don't you think as a Cavs fan, if you're hopeful that LeBron will come back, and I am. By the way, I'll reiterate, and I've already mentioned this on this show, but six months ago on the radio, or seven months ago, whenever it was, I made one of the all-time dumb statements when I said I wouldn't want LeBron back. Yeah. One of the all-time dumb statements. We remember. And, and I was there. what's even more amazing about that is that the majority of the fans on Twitter and the phones agreed with me. So they were as dumb as I was. Those are the fans on Twitter and the yeah. phones. Now, I've, of course, realized, oh, my God, that's the dumbest thing I've ever said on the radio. And I've said plenty of dumb things. Mm-hmm. But And so now, of course, I'd want him back, especially as a free agent, where you wouldn't have to give up anything to get him. So I think as a Cavs fan, don't you have to be rooting for the Lakers to not be able to acquire Durant or Kyrie? Because if they get those guys, it's more likely that he stays? Or is that not true? No, I think that's very true. I think I've said that. I think if Kyrie winds up with the Lakers, that kind of seals the deal on, on LeBron. I would think that he would stay there. And again, you know, I've said this before, but... His second to last year in Cleveland when we were in New Orleans and he burned them down to the ground, the Cavs, and said they were a top-heavy roster and just called out David Griffin and everyone else and said they need playmakers and they got to make changes. At the end of his rant, he said it would be different if I wasn't still in championship mode, but I'm still playing at a high level. And that's the question that I have now is, is he still hunting rings? If he's hunting rings, unless they get KD or Kyrie, he's got to leave because I don't see a path right. to L.A back in another championship. If he's content to just ride it out in L.A. and ride out his last few years there, then you've earned it, man. Then go ahead. Ride it out. Finish your career there. Live in the sunshine. Make movies. Produce. Do whatever you want to do. And I just I don't have the answer to that question. If he's still hunting rings, if he still wants more, or if he's content with what he's got. 
you know, I've always thought thought this, Jason. Like, it's just different. I, I've tried it before. We've we've all done things, right? You know, you move away from home. You do a lot of different things. You're famous. You're rich. I mean, you're a billionaire now. Like, one of the things I thought about his pursuit to go to L.A. was for him to get the billionaire status title, right? So now you look at it and it's like, okay, you want your son to play. How cool would it be for you to play with your son back where you was born yeah. or where you were at? And, and I just don't think in L.A., this is the crazy thing about it. It feels different. Like, you know, Kobe and Magic and Shaq isn't even really mentioned, mentioned, mentioned like that. He's never going to reach that He's status never in L.A. Get, never. But here, he can go back six times and, and, and he still could be competitive with the roster that they got. He competitive? Had, they'd be the favorites to win it all, wouldn't they? As, as all the NBA teams are currently constituted, right. I know it'll be a year later, so things could change. But if you look at every NBA roster right now and you took LeBron and put it on the Cavs, aren't they the favorites to win it all? We could use a small forward. That'd yeah, be all right. That'd be crazy. I mean, do I, I – go ahead, Jason. What do you think? Are they the, are they the favorites? I, don't, I mean, they're one of – they're one of the favorites. I mean, he is 38. He has had a lot of injuries the last couple of years. It's hard for him to make it full, through a full season now. But certainly they're one of the top – I mean, that's the thing. When he came back the first time, nobody saw the Warriors coming. You know, the whole thing looks wide open for, for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And I don't see another powerhouse dynasty. I mean, I know the Warriors just won again, and they're still a threat every year. But I don't see that unbeatable team in the NBA anymore. Yeah. It's a fun thing to talk about. We'll see how it goes. We'll see if it happens or He's not. 38. Uh, I still tend to think he stays there. There's no smarter player, though. There's no player that can adjust their He's game the Tom better. Brady of the NBA. There's, yes, the same there's, thing. He can adjust, his, he can adjust he, his game to, to the players around him. He knows how to make everyone around him better. Right. He and he brings, like the, he brings the seniority. 30. He brings that sense of like, right. that veteran. He averaged 30. He averaged yeah. 30, He don't even have to Jason. play. I would, he he could have won right. a scoring title this year if he won it. Sit him for half the regular season. I don't care. That's what, he did. That's That's what he did when he was here pretty much. He just like kind That's of That's it. Up. He's coming back. We already right. decided. Yeah, bring that. him back. Yes, yes, let's go. Let's go. Yes, sir. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't man. want Kyrie, though. I don't want Kyrie. Not on this team. We, we can't need. have Deshaun Watson. He's out of here. Bring LeBron back. <laughs> this is unacceptable. <laughs> we need something. <laughs> Sue Robinson, send LeBron here as part of the settlement. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but, Jason, just to reiterate, you think it's it's either Lakers, Cavs. You don't see any other situation. I don't think he would go. I don't think he would go anywhere else. Talk no. about his kid I, though I, for I, a I, second, because they don't get to pick where his kid goes, and he wants to play well, with his kid. Yeah, that's a big thing. I don't. Ronnie's know. improving too, isn't he? Hasn't he moved up the rankings a little bit? And the younger one yeah, is six. Yeah, six. He's, wow. Look at the them. Yeah, Bryce. Package all of them up. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't think. I don't think LeBron can hang around the NBA. I don't think he will hang around the NBA long enough for Bryce to come up and play with them. So, so our I, best that's case why he scenario, doesn't really talk about Bryce. Sorry, our best case scenario is that Bronny is kind of trash <laughs> because then the Cavs can overdraft <laughs> 20, him the way, right? 20 yeah, picks? in the exact way they did it with Mobley's brother where we're just like, buddy can come and pal around. That, we probably overdrafted Mobley's brother just yeah, to scare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hope that, I hope Bronny's trash so that the Cavs can draft him <laughs> and then LeBron can come and play with him and he'll be happy with to yeah. play with his LeBron, son. We if did Bronny's not, good, we're screwed. We did yeah. not, we did not condone that your son Bronny is dope. Well, no, man, we're I not love screwed him. because Rich Paul has, controls the entire NBA. Rich right. Paul, why does that sound wrong? In that's my head? exactly right. No, yeah. It's Rich Paul. Yeah, right? true. What's that? In my brain, Rich yeah. Paul sounds wrong. Yeah. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It, it, he controls the NBA. Unless Bronny's a superstar, even if he's just an average guy, yeah. he can pressure teams not to draft him, can he, Jason? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, 
Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, that's exactly how it's going to go. Yeah. He, Rich will just say don't. Because he's not a top prospect. Right. Ronnie, that's what I not. like to hear. So you can. So <laughs> Rich will just tell teams, if Rich will tell teams, if you want to deal with me and my clients in the future, yeah. you know, don't screw with us on this one. Let him go to L.A. It, it happens all the time. No L.A. Like, Cleveland, with, Jason. With the power, get it right. most powerful agents. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, Cleveland, not L.A. <laughs> we'll see. We'll yeah. see. It, the silly season begins today. Let's get All some right. tampering going. Let's get some tampering going. <laughs> yes. yes, sir. All right, guys. Let's get to our final takes. Uh, Jason, you're going to start us off today. Final takes. Hopefully, you're prepared for it. If you're not, uh, well, you got to make it up as you go. Here we go. You're up. Well, I totally forgot, so I'm going to make it up as we go. But luckily, I got a good one. I was really surprised that the Guardians didn't make any moves at the trade deadline. Anything significant. I've been talking about it for six months that the 40-man roster needs rebalance and the log jam, and they got to start moving these guys for prospects. I really thought they would get something done, and they haven't. And I don't know if teams realize the jam that they're in, so they're putting an even higher price tag on it. But you've seen teams like the Padres over the last few years make these types of deals, and the Guardians haven't been able to pull the trigger. They're running out of time. And I I think it's going to be an active winner this year for them, and they've got to start figuring out and bundling some guys. I think Sean Murphy would look great in a Guardians uniform. I'm curious to know. I don't know yet what the price tag was, what Oakland wanted for him. Uh, you know, Espino, the, the Nationals wanted Espino uh, as the starting price on Soto. So, you know, they, obviously they don't want to move on from, from Espino. But they're going to have to start making some hard decisions and giving up some guys that, that, they, that they love, really, uh, and start rebalancing this roster and start getting some in, impact bats to fill in some of the holes that they have. They've had a remarkable season. They're playing well better than, than we thought they could, than I thought they could. Uh, but it's 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 getting time, and after the season, I think you're going to see really active movement that I thought we would have seen at the trade deadline. G. Bush, let's, let's agree with this. you, Jason. By the way, of course. So let's you know let's get off into this, man. This is a PSA for your boy Tyvis Powell. Yeah, Tyvis, man, you've been I've been seeing you come through the studio, man. Your, your star is rising. You on the Big Ten Network. Mm-hmm. I, you moving or shaking. You doing sideline reporting yep. and color commentating. I, I listen. I always, I always thought that you was gonna be that dude, man. I, you know, I, I'm really behind you. But mm. as far as this competition is going on, see, <laughs> you've been coming to the to, to the studio with all these kicks. All of these shoes with your beard all lined up. Perfect. You got you got all kind of Duke. <laughs> And mascara in your beard. The beard look good. I can't get that off. But what I can get off is these shoes. I'm telling you, you're already handicapped a little bit. See, you, you got NFL checks. You got NFL checks. I was on public assistance before I did this show. Right. Yeah, I was on public assistance. I was in the, in the food, food line. So here's what we're going to do. Come September, you're going to have to compete. See, the people's champion. Yeah, I don't fold. You know what? I don't move. I don't bend. And what you're going to have to realize is you can't repeat nothing. When you come in here, yo, one day, I bet not see no repeats, Tyvis. 
I already didn't download it. How many pairs of J's you got? I'm looking at it. Just just think. September coming. I got my student layaway. It's like <laughs> I got three layaways. Whew. TJ Maxx, Burlington, uh, Value City, Marshall. Marshalls. Mm -hmm. We ready to go. Don't get it twisted, too. And by the way, uh, by the way, you need to step your accessory game up, too, man. Don't be coming in here with your wrist all naked. Shots fired. Ne ne neck naked. <laughs> well, you need to have accessories, too. Don't yep. come in here half-stepping, bro. Mm -mm. Hey, Mike Polk will get with you. He can, you can go thrifting yep. and get you a, a bargain. Get you, you a bargain. nice dead lady's necklace. Right. <laughs> That's what it's there for. Tyvis, I'm coming for you, sucker. Mm -hmm. I'm coming for you. Aren't you glad that just based on culture, we're completely out of the shoe game and we have, no one's even judging my New Balance right no. now because they, they, they're just like, what do we expect? Look at him. Yeah. Yeah, who cares? Save yourself a lot white of money. dude. Good point. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad I don't have that sickness. Yeah. Okay. So, speaking of people who are just trying to get better out there and are being held back, I got I to gotta give just like a, a word to uh, a little bit of unfortunate news. Um, and I'm talking about my man, Iman Shumpert. I'm talking about a champion, a champion with the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2016. Can we show the graphic? He just got, he just got in a little bit of trouble. Uh, he was found with just a little bit of extra marijuana on him uh, at, while at a Texas airport, just trying to fly back to California. He did have over six ounces of marijuana, which if you're not familiar with that, that is about a book bag full of marijuana that Shumpert oh, was trying to travel with. God. Like a solid, like not just a jams port, it's in the pockets too, not just the main <laughs> compartment. Six ounces, over, over six ounces is a lot of weed, and I don't know why he is traveling with that much weed, but it's irrelevant, okay? It's unfortunate, it's legal in some states, it's not legal in others, and now Iman's in a little bit of trouble. You leave Shump alone. <laughs> We've settled this weed thing, everybody, all right? It's even legal in Ohio medically, and luckily, like, many of us have a lot of the ailments that just happen to line up with it. So, right now, that poor man who just was trying to get back to California to, um, oh, to see his daughter, and he had a six, or he had six ounces of weed on him in a backpack, that's all he wanted to do, and you got to stop him and, and trouble him along the way. This is a man who should be exempt from any sort of any sort of legal problems right now that aren't disgusting and really vile. This guy won us our helped win us our first championship in 52 years in this town and that should carry some weight as far as I'm concerned. Not only he saved us. He was part of the reason. I remember your defense, just so you know. Maybe other people don't. We all talk about LeBron's block and everything like that. Shump, you were there and I appreciate that. If you want to take a easy right now with a book bag full of weed, that is your right. Not only are you an NBA champion, you are also a Dancing with the Stars champion. The first NBA player who was a champion on Dancing with the Stars. That was just last year. I don't know what you were on when you did it, but you looked amazing, and I'm proud of you. Let Shump go. Free him. It's only a book bag full of weed. Nobody gets hurt. It wasn't a bunch of guns or knives. You let Shump free. He earned that sort of freedom. Let Shump go. Let him go. Let, Let Shump hey, go. Hey, real, real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Uh, Dave McMenamin was on that flight with, with Shump the next day out of Dallas, and he said he was there for a birthday party. So <laughs> I guess that was the party. He's favorite. just trying to go to a birthday party. I also heard, <laughs> I also heard that, that uh, President Biden is negotiating with Ted Cruz and Abbott. Yeah. Oh, to, good, to, to free him. To, to, to free him yep. from Texas. Yep, that's great. <laughs> Fantastic. Haven't they pulled, hasn't Texas good, left the union yet? Can we get rid of them? They're working Can on it. Can we cut them out? Give them to Mexico let them, and let Mexico pay for it. All right, <laughs> my final thought. 
yesterday, uh, actually, it was two days ago, on Tuesday, we lost, in my opinion, the greatest broadcaster of all time, and that was 94-year-old, 95-year-old yep. Vin Scully. 94? Vin Scully, like, when I was a kid, I, I always wanted to do something in sports. When I was a young kid, I figured everybody in my family was a teacher, so I thought I'd probably just be a gym teacher or something like that, right? But then as I got to like eight or nine or 10, whatever it was, I was like, I got to do something really in sports. And I didn't even think about being a sports talk show host because in 1980, I didn't even know there was such a thing. Uh, there certainly wasn't that in New York. Um, and before I ever thought about being a sports talk show host, all I wanted to do was baseball play-by-play. -play. That was my only dream as a kid. I used to play, uh, for those of you who love baseball, there were board games, dice games called uh, Stratomatic, which is still around, Pursue the Pennant. It was a bunch of games. And I would sit and I'd create my teams and I'd roll the dice and I'd call the games as if I were doing play-by-play. -play. And as a young man, you know, growing up in New York in the 70s and 80s, we didn't have cable TV. I didn't. I don't think I had cable TV till I was in my twenties. Um, I don't even think cable TV was available in in Brooklyn where I lived. So uh, what did we do? Well, you, you know, you had your six local channels, and I, we had good broadcasters in New York. But then I'd try to pick up other guys on the radio. But I never heard Vin Scully initially as a young kid. I would hear the great broadcasters in New York, like Bob Murphy, uh, Bill White, Phil Rizzuto. I would listen to Harry Callis out of Philadelphia, who's who's great. Obviously, we have tremendous play-by-play -play guys here, not only now in Cleveland, but in the history. Cleveland is very rich with great play-by-play -play guys. And I love them all. But nobody, nobody painted the picture and told the story better than Vin Scully. He won eventually he was on the national scene. He did uh, Major League Baseball, you know, he did the World Series, he did cult NFL games, mm -hmm. he did it all. And the way he would, he never felt rushed. He never felt like, you never felt like he was being phony. He was telling stories and his timing was immaculate. And he made you feel like what you were watching was the most important thing you could ever be possibly watching. There's historic moments to go. Remember, this guy was calling, he just stopped calling Dodger games six years ago. He was calling Dodgers games when they were in Brooklyn. Okay? <laughs> yeah. They left Brooklyn in the 50s. Vin Scully uh, was magnificent as the Dodgers broadcaster, national broadcaster. Some of the things that I remember, of course, not that I was alive for this, but I remember listening back to over the years. The Sandy Koufax perfect game. He, of course, the, the very famous call that people remember of Hank Aaron setting the home run record is Milo Hamilton, who was the, the broadcaster for the Braves, but there's Vince, they were playing the Dodgers. And so Vin Scully has a call of that one. And it's really go listen to Vin Scully's call of Hank Aaron's uh, record setting home run. I, I don't know if everybody's heard it. You got to hear it. It's magnificent. I won't even do it justice. So I won't say it because I'm going to try I'm going to try to do one of his calls and I'm going to ruin it. <laughs> but on and on the list goes. There's amazing. But the all time, I think when you think of Vin Scully more than anything else, it's the home run by Kirk Gibson in the World Series. And he does this whole preamble because Gibson was hurt. Gibson was a great player playing for the Dodgers. He was late in his career. He was hurt. He was not on the, in the lineup that day. He comes off the bench. He's hobbling to the plate. And Scully's doing this whole setup to his at-bat, obviously not knowing what was going to happen. 
And this magnificent buildup that Dodgers are using their one lotto ticket or whatever, it, you know, I can't remember the exact word he used at, at before that. And then it, it deep to right, and, it, and, and I'm going to try to do it, but it's terrible. Uh, it's a fly ball deep to right field. And it, she's gone. A home run for Gibson. And the Dodgers have won the game 5-4. to four. I can't believe what I just saw. That was a terrible impression. I sounded nothing oh, like Oh, you going. gave it a good effort. I sounded nothing, but that's what he said. And I will, I'll never forget that call. I almost cried. And over the years, until he retired after 2016, I would get the MLB extra innings, and I would watch Dodger games just to hear Vin Scully still call games. And he did them for years by himself. Hmm. Not because he was arrogant and didn't want somebody with him, but it was because, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they He loved it, play. and he was good at it. Yeah, I mean, he was just amazing. Nobody did baseball better. And I think he was voted uh, by, uh, I don't know who voted this, but, but he was voted as the best base, uh, sports broadcaster ever. I think he is. Wow. Nice tribute. There you go. Any arguments, Jace? No, and in fact, he had the Dwight Clark call of the catch as well. That a lot of people oh, yeah, good call. He was doing yeah, yeah. Back in the day. That's true. Cowboys 49ers, I, that was him on the call of that. I did not know that until that tweet made the round on Twitter. After yeah, yeah, yeah. Away, mm-hmm. And I learned, and I was like, I can't believe Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, two things. And I didn't mention Tom Hamilton or Jim Donovan by name, so I, I should have. But this whole, I mean, we've had great broadcasts. And Joe Tate. Let's not forget and Joe, Joe Tate. Joe Tate, of course. Love yes. Joe Tate. Two things before we yeah. go. G. Bush, in response to your final take, I got a text from Tyvis. <laughs> read on air. He says, quote, G, I'm never going to repeat shoes this year, and I wear a chain all the time. I just never have it out because I'm not flashy. <laughs> he just, he all, he's not flashy, but he play in every league. He's a, yeah. I should have been a baseball player. Bass. Hey, you got to hey, wear it. Have you ever met anyone more confident than Tyvis? It seems genuine, too. It's horrifying. Oh, yeah. Horrifying. I mean, have, you, have you seen people from Ohio State? <laughs> yeah, it's I true. Mean, they got all that. think they're great. OSU swag. All of them. <laughs> that Ohio State the, arrogance. The yeah. Buckeyes, right? <laughs> right? And one more thing tomorrow. Yes. DeQuell Jackson, Carlos Baerga. Woo-hoo. I'm nice sad lineup. that I'm missing that. Nice lineup. I, I, you guys all have fun with him. Carlos is great. Um, I'm sad I'm missing it. I'm going to be on vacation, so I'm off for a week. I'll be back next Friday. So you guys have a great time without me. I will miss you all. Do not get sick. Get your oh, stuff God. together. I'm getting on a plane. My plane leaves in five hours. I cannot get sick. Yes. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah. We didn't go to Alabama for vacation, you moron. We stopped there on the way down. We went wait to New Orleans. We were going to New Orleans for a day, and then we went to Destin for a week on the beach. Nobody goes to Alabama for vacation. Come on. Okay. Tell him, Jason. I, I brought that up two hours ago. You waited two hours to get He's to been that? been sitting on that. Well, we were moving. The show was moving. Yeah, I just never really. It was never an Did I say time. you went on vacation there or that you went, went, you did go there? You specifically said you went on vacation in Alabama. Oh, I said specifically vacation? You did say specifically. Well, it's yeah. funnier if I say you're specifically in vacation there. I love that that's what insulted you more than anything. <laughs> Someone thinking you might go on yes. vacation to Alabama. It is embarrassing. Go to Alabama. Alabama. Uh-huh. Like, well, why the hell would you go to Alabama on vacation? I don't know. No, we were Maybe just, you're from we Mississippi. Tuscaloosa on the way down. Yeah, all right. Yeah. All right, we'll see you all tomorrow on the ultimate Cleveland sports show. Not me, though. I won't be here. See ya. Vin for Peace. I got to urinate. <laughs> urinate. 103. <laughs>
Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.